And the, the good thing was there was nothing wrong with being different. It was okay that they were opposites. It was okay that they were different. It was okay that they were unique in their own special way. They embraced who they were. And in the same way, it's important for us to embrace our own strengths and skills and not try to be like someone else. It's important for us to embrace who we are, the person that God has made us to be, instead of trying to be like this person or trying to be like that person. It's important for us to be proud of who we are, to celebrate where we've come from, what God has done in our life, who he has made us in to be. Today on this International Friendship Sunday, what a great way for us to celebrate who we are. People from different nations and tongues, cultures and backgrounds, from different walks of life, yet we are bonded together because we are part of the family of God. Amen. We are different. We are unique. We are special. Yet we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We celebrate our diversity as a church. We celebrate who we are. And it's important for us, it's important for you to be proud of who you are, to be proud of the person that God has made you to be. You see, the problem is that so many times we compare ourselves to other people, right? We, we compare ourselves um, by how we look by what we're able to do, by what we have achieved, by where we live or the kind of person that we're with, by our status in society. There's a lot of comparison that often happens when the truth is that God has made you who he wants you to be. Jacob and Esau were different. They were completely different, yet neither one was better than the other. It wasn't that because Esau our own unique characteristics. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of the person that God has made you to be, and don't try to be like someone else. You see, there are many times where I look at my strengths and my characteristics and my abilities, and I wish that I was like someone else. I wish I could sing like Donnette. I wish I could run like those Olympic runners. I wish I could do those things. I wish I could play the piano like Anthony. You know, I wish that I had certain abilities, but that's not what God intended for me. 
Those are not my gifts and talents. And the faster I realize my place in the body of Christ, the faster that we are able to operate together, understanding that the hand doesn't function like the foot does, that the head is different than the arm, because we all have different roles and responsibilities, and that's okay, because together we are all important. Families, it's also important for you to recognize and appreciate the differences in the personalities of your children and grandchildren, to recognize how different your nieces and nephews are or, or the different people that are in your life from an early age. And one of the worst things that we can do is to compare children to one another to compare them and say, I wish you were more like your brother, or I wish you were more like your sister, because they're not their brother, they're not their sister. Let them be who they are and celebrate their talents and their abilities. Look for their natural tendencies and inclinations. Look for them, whether it may be musical or athletic, maybe it's a craft or, or maybe it's mechanics or theater, whatever it may be, look for where they spend most of their natural tendencies and help to feed that, help that grow and celebrate who they are. Don't push them and force them into things that you know that they're not good at, that you know that they are showing no interest in, that they have made clear that they don't want to do. Let them see where they are good at. You see, if my parents had pushed me into a musical career, let's just say that they would probably have to support me for the rest of my life. <laughs> because I can make a joyful noise, but the joyful part would probably only be to God, right? <laughs> Let us be who God made us to be. We are all different and unique. I look at my younger brother, Nicholas, and he is the complete opposite of me. If you know him, he, his daughter is Elizabeth. He's the complete opposite of me. You see, I break things, and Nicholas fixes them, right? I depend on that GPS because I come out of a plaza and I turn the wrong way, right? Nicholas can look at a map and know exactly where all the shortcuts are, how to get to that destination. I need to study instructions and watch tutorial visit of, of videos in order to put something together. Nicholas can look at the picture on the box and put it together without reading one instruction. You see, we are completely opposite, yet neither one of us is better than the other. We are all unique in our own special way, the way God made us to be. The mark sometimes of success is if you're a doctor or a lawyer, right? You hear that. Be a doctor or a lawyer. But look at the different occupations that we need. We need construction workers. We need hairdressers. We need cashiers and restaurant cooks. We need retail employees and the people who sweep the streets. We need those, and those are just as important. Don't look down on someone else because we function together to operate as the body of Christ. Your superpower is that you're you and no one else is. 
celebrate that and thank God for who he has made you to be. Because the only person that we should strive to be more and more like is Jesus. That is the only one that we should strive to be more and more like. Do you think that Jacob and Esau embraced who they were? Well, if they did, if they didn't, it was probably because their parents, Isaac and Rebekah, favored one or the other. In verse 28, we read that Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Rebekah loved Jacob. Isaac and Rebekah were the ones who first caused a division between the two. And it's important for us to be careful not to show more love or favor to one child over another. To be careful not to show favoritism to one child, whether that's your child or your grandchildren or your neighbors or, or whoever. It's important not to show favoritism and give one child more love or more opportunities than the other. Now, I believe that their parents meant well, but it's obvious that one favored the other, and they could see that. And it is obvious to children when a parent favors one of their siblings over the other. And I can tell you this because I have two other brothers. And so I know firsthand what that feels like in different ways. And so it's important to be careful not to show more love or favor. Just because one child is more outgoing than the other, just because one child is more outspoken than the other, just because one child has more of an outward special ability than the other, does not mean that they deserve more love, time, and attention. Do you understand? It's important for us because it starts with parents, it starts with guardians, it starts with caregivers, it starts with that, for them to be able to embrace who they are and for you to lead them in the right direction. Isaac loved and favored Esau more than he did Jacob, and instead of Jacob remembering how it felt that his father showed more love and favor to his brother, and for him to tell himself, I'm not going to do the same when I get older, the problem was he did the exact same thing when he got older. In Genesis 37, verse 3, we read that Jacob loved Joseph. If you read on ahead, you'll see Jacob had many sons, and he favored Joseph the most. He loved him more than any of his other children. Because Jacob favored him, this caused many issues and problems with his other brothers. To the point that his brothers literally wanted to kill him. The end result, if you read the story, was that they ended up just selling him and him being taken away. But it caused a lot of problems. This is serious. That unfortunately, when you favor or show more, show more love or attention or give more time to one than another, it can lead to serious sibling rivalry. It can lead to more problems in the future, more harm between siblings than good. So it is important to try to do your best to keep the harmony, to treat them equally because they are equal, because each one is important. 
So I'm not saying, I'm not telling you that if you give one, something to someone that the other one deserves the exact same thing, because that also is dependent upon if they've done something to deserve it or if, if they've been you know, up to your standards or whatever. So that's your business if you choose to do that. But what I'm saying is that when it comes to who they are, it's important for you to embrace that and to show them the love and the respect that both or all of them deserve. Amen? Amen. So unfortunately, there was already division between the two, and they didn't get along as best as they could. So one day, Jacob comes home. Uh, sorry, Esau comes home, and he sees his brother Jacob has been cooking because Jacob has been home all day. Esau comes home, and after a long day, he's tired, he's exhausted, he's hungry. In fact, he says he's starving, and, and he, all he wants is a meal, right? And be, because McDonald's drive through wasn't around or Uber Eats wasn't in business yet, the best option that he had was Jacob's cooking. So he says to him, give me some of that stew. I'm starving. And he doesn't just ask, but it's implied that he basically is begging him for this stew. He's basically begging him to get a meal because he's so hungry, because he's starving. Now keep in mind, Jacob had been home all day, right? Esau was the one who went out and did, you know, the manual labor and, you know, was moving around, burning all those ca calories. And, and Jacob was just home, relaxing, cooking, doing his thing. And so instead of Jacob realizing, hey, you know what? My brother's been hunting all day. He's been busy. Why don't I make sure that this stew is ready for him? You know, or, or he says, you know, why don't you have some of the stew that I'm preparing? He doesn't say anything, but he allows Esau to basically beg him for it. Jacob was not being one bit considerate of his brother. Be willing. Be people who are willing to do things for others even before they ask. Be people who are willing to go out of their way, be willing to do something. And part of this means basically being people who are attentive and considerate to the needs of other people. Be considerate. You know, many times it, it, we see a need and we can easily meet that need, but because we may lack consideration, we miss that opportunity. So here's some examples. Doesn't take much to be a considerate person. If you see a person trying to open a door and they're holding a child, holding groceries, holding their purse, holding a bag, you know, and they're struggling, the considerate thing to do is to what? Open the door for them, right? Without them struggling, you can easily just go and hold the door for them or press the button, whatever, without them having to ask you for help. You can do that. Be willing to just be considerate. If you see a person who doesn't have a quarter trying to get a shopping cart and you happen to have an extra one, be willing to give it to them. Be willing to share it with them and, and tell them that they can have it. It's a quarter. You can probably find one on the ground, right? Be considerate. Young people, if your rooms are messy and your clothes need to be washed, instead of your parents having to beg you and plead with you and bargain with you to go and to clean and to tidy up and to throw out the garbage, just do what needs to be done and get it done. 
And trust me, things will go a lot smoother <laughs> if you do it. Ladies, if you see another lady who has had an accident or a leak or stain on the back of their skirt or pants, go up to them. Pull them aside and help them without just leaving. Be considerate. Think about how others would feel in the same situation. If you invite someone to lunch who you know is not currently working and employed, then the considerate thing to do is pay for their lunch. You've invited them, pay for their lunch. If you're in the checkout line at this grocery store and you have a whole cartload of groceries, plus you have your flyers, because we're gonna price match, right? To save money, and, and you just have everything out there and the person by, behind you has one item. The considerate thing to do is to tell them you can go first so they don't have to wait the half an hour that it'll probably take for you to check out, right? If you're on the bus and an elderly person or a pregnant woman comes in and there are no seats left and you have your bag on the seat next to you, the considerate thing to do, the considerate thing to do, right? You know where I'm going with this? Move your bag and offer them the seat. You see, it does not take much to be a considerate person who is willing to do things for others even before they ask. But it does take for us to be attentive to the needs of others, to look around and to be willing to do things even before others ask. Amen? Esau was basically begging his brother for some food. He was starving, and he may have exaggerated how he was feeling, but the fact is that he was so hungry that in the moment, he didn't care what else was happening. All he had his mind set on was the bowl of stew. He just needed some food. And I can understand that because I get hangry sometimes. You know, I can understand that. So. Instead of Jacob saying, okay, sure, have some stew, Jacob says in verse 31, all right, but trade me your, your rights as the firstborn son. What? For a bowl of stew? You know, maybe give me something, give me your allowance or, or give me, you know, you, you know, some extra time on the, the, the television or whatever they had at that time that's equivalent. But, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son? What Esau was asking was for a simple bowl of stew, for some food. But Jacob wanted his rights as a firstborn son. Even though they were twins, because Esau came out first, he was technically the firstborn son, and he received the rights as the firstborn. A birthright was a special honor given to the firstborn son. It included a double portion of the family inheritance, along with the honor of one day becoming the family's leader. The oldest son could sell his birthright or give it away if he chose. But in doing so, he would lose both material goods and his leadership portion in his family. So he could give it away or he could sell it, but by doing so, he was basically giving everything up. He was giving up his position, he was giving up his inheritance, he was giving it all 
away. And what Jacob was asking was for all of that to be given to him for a bowl of stew. Doesn't sound like a very good deal, Anthony. Doesn't sound like a good deal to me at all. But this was no small ask. You see, Jacob was unreasonable. And it's important for us to be reasonable and fair with our expectations. Be reasonable and fair with your expectations of other people, with your expectations with your spouse, with your expectations of your children and, and with your parents. Be reasonable with the expectations that you have of um, other people from different cultures or religions, people who are sick or elderly or pregnant. Expectations you have of new drivers or new cashiers or new servers at a restaurant, new moms and dads. Be reasonable with the expectations you put on your friends and those who are relatives of yours. You see, there are times when we can be people who are unreasonable with some expectations. When I first got married, and this month will be 10 months since we've been married, but when we first got married, I expected that my husband would do everything the way that I wanted him to do it. You know, that, that he would make the bed the way I wanted him to make it, that he would, um, you know, put the, fold the clothes the way I wanted him to fold it, or even just keep the bathroom the way I wanted him to do it. But I quickly realized that that wasn't going to happen, <laughs> right? That wasn't going to happen because he came in, and this was the first time we were living together after marriage, and he came in with his own way of doing things. And so he wasn't used to the way that I did things. And, and so it took time to obviously learn because, you know, I realized that there's my way of doing things, right? And then there's the wrong way. But he needed to realize... <laughs> He needed to realize that, that there, there's give and take, and I needed to realize that too, right? So I was a little unreasonable with my expectations of him. And there are times where we can be unreasonable. You know, with, with, with our own parents, there are times where we can be unreasonable with our expectations. You see, movies and televisions really mess things up sometimes. You know, you watch movies and, you know, you, you expect, like in the movies, you know, when I turn 16, my parents are going to buy me a brand new car. <laughs> or, or, or when I graduate, right, my parents are going to give me a fully paid trip to Europe with my friends. Or when I get married, my parents are going to buy and pay for a fully decorated model home for me and my husband to, to live in. You see, sometimes our expectations are false and they're warped because of what we see. But those things are not reality. And we need to be reasonable with our expectations. For those of you who are young, understand that your parents, that your families are doing the best that they can to give you what they can. Those of you who are grown, who grew up, understand that your parents did the best that they could with what they had. Understand that. Be reasonable with your expectations. Be reasonable with the expectations you have on your children. Don't expect them to be the next Celine Dion if that's not who God made them to be. And that's not the gift that God expected them to have. With new drivers and new cashiers, we expect those new drivers to be able to drive like us who have been driving for, you know, over 20 years. But that's not reasonable. That's not right. Be patient. Be understanding. Because at one point, you were like that too. 
right? I was like that too. People who are new employees, who don't know things the way that you know them, who've been working there for a long time. The bottom line is that we need to be people who are reasonable and fair with our expectations. Amen? Amen. I'm getting to the end. Amen. <laughs> Jacob and Esau, uh, Jacob wanted Esau's birthright. And even though this was a ridiculous, outrageous thing to ask for that didn't make any sense, in the moment, Esau didn't care about it, and he swore an oath to give it away in exchange for some stew. The Bible commentator says, by trading his birthright, Esau showed complete disregard for the spiritual blessings that would have come his way if he kept it. He just threw it away. He showed no regard. In other words, he placed no value and no importance on what God had given him for the right that he had as the firstborn son. The birthright was something of high importance and high value. Yet he disregarded it. He did not honor it or cherish it, but disregarded it by just giving it away as if it were nothing. We need to learn to see the value and the importance in things and people instead of taking them for granted. Learn to see the value and the importance in things and people instead of just taking those things or those people for granted. Esau did not see the value in holding the title of the firstborn son, because if he did, he wouldn't have given it away so easily. If he saw the value in it, he wouldn't have just traded it for some food. But I believe that it wasn't until his birthright was gone that he realized what he had done. It wasn't until what he had was taken away or given away that he realized the mistake that he had made. You see, in the moment he was looking for immediate gratification, in the moment all he was thinking about was the physical fulfillment that he needed instead of the long term, in terms of what he needed long term. And often we too make the mistake of not recognizing the long term. And we just focus on the immediate gratification, the things that we just want now. We impulse, we get it right away because we can right? Instead of looking at the consequences it may cause long term. We don't see the value in something often until it's gone. For example, we may not realize the value of the ability we have to see or hear, to speak or to use our limbs, to be able to walk and move freely until those things are gone or taken away from us. And Brother Freddie was sharing with me recently, he had that own experience through his time of sickness. You see, we can easily take things for granted when they're working right, and we don't realize their importance until they stop working or they don't operate properly. This is a reminder for us to show love and appreciation and value for the things and the people who matter most to us. Value, appreciate, and show love to your spouse, your parents, your children, your grandparents, your relatives and friends, your co-workers and neighbors and classmates. Show value and importance to it. Young people and old people as well. Value and see the importance of your purity and your virginity. 
Because once that's gone, it never comes back. Value it. And don't give in to the immediate gratification that giving that up may cause in the moment. See the value and importance of it. Appreciate the freedoms that we have living in Canada. The opportunities that we have being able to live in a beautiful land as we do. See and appreciate the way that the Canadian government has tried. Like, I know that a lot of people have things to say about the government, right? And the government's not perfect, but appreciate how they have tried their best to help businesses who have been closed and people who have been out of work for months during this time. Appreciate that. Appreciate. That's right. Appreciate that. Because other countries don't necessarily have that. Appreciate the education system, the healthcare system that we have. Show value and see the importance of it instead of always just complaining about it. During COVID-19, I'm sure that you and I have realized the importance and the value of many people, professions, and businesses that we often used to take for granted right? Like hairdressers and barbers, nail technicians, spas, all those kind of things, retail employees, gyms, fitness centers, things that we just always expected would be around. We now see the value and the importance of it. Show value and appreciation for those things and don't take them for granted. Don't take for granted the ability for us to meet together in person to worship the Lord together. This is a privilege that we have because for many months we were not able to do so. And so I'm glad that you're here today. And I understand that some of you who are watching online, you're just too far away or you're not ready to come back because of health concerns or other concerns. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. And, and I'm not saying that you have to come back in order to worship. But what I'm saying is not to take this ability to meet together in person. Because if you're using the excuse of, I'm not going to come to church just because I don't want to have to wake up early. I don't want to have to get dressed up, I don't want to have to leave my house, then that's not a good enough excuse. Don't use that excuse just because you've gotten accustomed to being able to watch online from the comfort of your home or wherever you are on your phone or television. This is a privilege to meet together as believers and to worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. The bottom line is that we need to learn to see the value and the importance in things and people. Things that we often take for granted. And one of the most valuable and important things that we need to understand is that we need to place value and emphasis on our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the most important and valuable thing we will ever come across in this life. And today, if you have not yet made that decision, to place your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then today is that day where you ask him to come into your heart, you come into your life, and to surrender to him and receive the gift of salvation that he has, because it is the most valuable thing you will ever receive in your life. How good it is to know 
that we have a God who loves us, who sees us equally no matter who we are. He sees us. He loves us. He treats us all equally as his children, and he wants a relationship with us. We can learn a lot from Jacob and Esau. Embrace our own strengths and skills, and don't try to be like someone else. Be careful not to show more love and favor to one child over the other. Be willing to do things for people even before they ask. Be reasonable and fair with your expectations and learn to see the value and the importance in things and people and not take them for granted. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this time and for this opportunity to worship together, to hear your word and for your spirit to move. And we pray that, Lord, you would come and that you would meet with each one of us in a special way, that you would speak to our hearts and our lives, that you would help us, O oh God, to recognize that our identity is found in Christ alone, that you would help us to know that we are loved by you, O oh God, despite what others may say. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be people who are attentive, considerate, look for opportunities to show your love to others, oh God, and that truly, Lord, you would help us in all our ways, in every day, in everything that we do, oh God, that we would put value and importance and never take things for granted, especially our relationship with you. And so, God, I pray that if there are people here today who are in person or online watching, that if they have not yet made a decision to surrender all to you, that today would be that day for you say that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so God, we thank you for your promise of heaven. We thank you for the gift of salvation, for the forgiveness of sins, for the adoption into your family that you offer to each one of us who believe. And we celebrate our faith today. We celebrate who you are and we celebrate who we are in you. And so we thank you on this International Friendship Sunday that despite the different cultures, countries, languages, we thank you that you love us all. In the powerful name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen.